Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. Life is full. It's full of beautiful moments, hard moments, and a whole lot of mundane in between. Often we find ourselves going through the motions and we end up seeing mostly the hard, mostly the boring, and failing to see the good in our days at all. With Intention is a podcast about changing the narrative. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm no expert at living intentionally. I'm just here to share my personal learnings alongside stories from others about how we're learning to see the beauty in the mundane, celebrate our beautiful, ordinary, everyday lives, and approach every aspect of them with intention. We'll talk about things like motherhood and family, reflecting and taking care of ourselves, our work, our homes, all the things that make up our days. My hope is that you'll leave our conversations reminded that our beautiful, hard, ordinary, mundane days, this messy life, it's full of good and it's full of purpose and it's meant to be lived well with the utmost intention. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get to today's episode. Hi friend, welcome back to With Intention, episode 106. I'm your host, Desiree, and today I'm so excited to be sharing my conversation with my friend, Sarah. She is sharing her story with us today very vulnerably about her struggle with anxiety and panic disorder that really felt like it came out of nowhere this past year. Not only is she sharing about this, but she's also going to really talk us through losing ourselves in motherhood. Her experience with that as a mom to three who had babies young, who put her career on hold to be a mom. And this is a very common story. This is something probably many of us have done or have gone through at some point or another. Sarah's gonna share how really pushing all of her own passions aside and constantly giving for the past six years as a mom led her to this place of burnout, led her to this place of developing anxiety and I know this conversation is going to be so relatable and so encouraging to you, whether you experience anxiety or not, if you've ever felt burnout from motherhood, or if you've ever felt like 
you've lost yourself a little bit in the experience of motherhood, this episode is for you. And I know that the lessons that Sarah has learned over the past year that she has shared with us are going to encourage you. This topic is one that is a common experience, and it is such an important okay, conversation well, to have. I'm so excited let's just dive right in. Get to, to have my, my friend Sarah, Sarah on the podcast to just share her story a little bit. Got a question recently about the idea of getting lost in motherhood and finding yourself again, and Sarah's story reminded me so much of that. And before we get started, um, just talking about your story. I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Um, This is so exciting. I have been following you forever, like since before the podcast. (laughs) I know. It's so fun that we have made a friendship through Instagram. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I found your account from searching the hashtag calligraphy because at the time I was doing calligraphy and like you popped up and we had so much in common. Like we both found minimalism at the same time and we both just kind of, I don't know, we have a lot in common. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I am Sarah, stay-at-home mom. I have three girls, ages six, four, and two. That's my life. But I'm also an artist and uh, my friend's it's kind of the joke around our group. They call me the one-stop Etsy shop because I'm typically the person people reach out to when they have, you know, a project or something that they need, um, that they need done. So, but I am recently, I'm more into pottery. I'm a digital artist and I am also a muralist now. I don't have like an official business or anything, but I'm just starting some like low key gigs here in the area and it's been super fun so I'm sharing a lot of that on my Instagram currently. I love following along with it so much and just seeing your journey with your art and everything it's just been amazing to see and I know there's kind of a background there too right because didn't you go to school for art as well for a while? I did yeah my I was my degree was in design but I was uh, minoring in like sculpture um, and ceramics. I can't wait to get one of your mugs. So yeah, just, just I can't wait patiently. to get them. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Um, well, okay. I obviously uh, want to send everyone over to your Instagram, but you have, um, do you have a website now as well? I do. Yeah. I have like a little, um, it's in my bio on my Instagram page. It's like a Wix just like a little mini blog, but it's also like my portfolio. And then it's going to be my shop once my pottery is um, first uh, through the first and final firing and everything survives. I will post things there. Okay. Well, awesome. That's where everyone can find you then. Um, So let's dig into just your story and um, what this past, I guess, year or so has looked for you. I've really kind of been honored to follow along through it and just see how you've grown and see how you have kind of rediscovered this passion and uh, really flourished in sharing it and everything. I just want people to know before they continue to listen, we are going to talk about the topic of anxiety um, and we're going to talk about this idea of losing ourselves in motherhood. So tell me more of your story and just kind of how the past year has played out and what it's looked like for you. Yeah, that's been happening for a while. I just didn't really realize it until last year. Um, but yeah, kind of what we, we already talked about, you know, I went, I was going to school for art. Um, I dropped out 
and after just my first year because I fell in love and we got married and we had kids right away we had three kids right away and I didn't really feel like I ever got to discover who I was going to be like when I grow up I never really had that and I, I'm not sure everyone has that too when they go to college. I'm not saying that you need to go to college to discover who you're going to be. But like, I never got to have that like work towards a career, do what I love, chase after a passion. It was just like, boom, I got married and I had kids and I just went right into mom and wife mode, which is great. I love it. <laughs> but I just didn't feel like there was any real discovery for me and who I was going to be without kids. So yeah, I had a lot of meltdowns about feeling lost um, just because for anyone, you have something that you love doing and you're unable to do it. It's hard not to feel like there's something, you know, missing. So I had a lot of meltdowns after kids of like, you know, look, where could I have been if I, you know, if we didn't have kids right away, like, where would I be? Um, Who would I be? Would I have really made it like in the art world? Um, and I just kind of felt like there was always this little void inside there, even though I love being a stay-at-home mom, like I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love what I do. I love being home with them. And I know that the reward is going to be so great in the future. There's just a lot of days there was, there isn't any more, not as much as any more. Um, but there used to be many days where I just felt like I could be doing, you know, something more, something other than being a stay-at-home mom. Um, so last year, I guess getting back to last year, I had ex- started experiencing some weird symptoms. Like I was having heart palpitations, my vision seemed blurry, and I just was kind of feeling off. Um, so I was kind of seeking answers in all the wrong places because I was in denial that it was anxiety. You know, I was like, oh, well, it's heart palpitations. I'll go get my heart checked. My heart was fine. I was like, well, maybe it's hormones or my thyroid and everything was fine. I was like, well, maybe it's an inner ear issue. Like maybe I have vertigo or something. Because I always kind of felt just like woozy all the time and dizzy and like I was going to faint. I just I just felt off. Um, everything was normal. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was in my car and I started to have one of these flare ups, whatever they were, started to feel like I was going to black out and I had to pull over and uh, my mother-in-law had to come and and pick me up on the side of the road. And when she saw the state that I was in, she was like, she's a nurse practitioner. She immediately was like, this sounds like anxiety. You definitely just had a panic attack. Like based on everything you're describing, like this is definitely anxiety. (laughs) I was like, no, it can't be anxiety. Like my life is great. Like everything is good. I'm cool as a cucumber. I love what I do. I'm not depressed. Before I really got um, better, there was a time period where um, I did end up getting really depressed and I had never been depressed before. Like I've had low days, but like I got into a pretty, a a dark, a dark spot. And I just like was in denial about it. I was like, there's no, this is not mental health. This, this is just not, I'm healthy. I feel good. I love what, like I'm living the dream. Like why, why would I have anxiety? Um, but because I was depressed, I kind of would look for ways to kind of, you know, just escape throughout the day. And one of those things was doing art. Um, I, you know, as an artist, like when I create escape sounds kind of like sad, but I feel like escaping creatively can be very productive and very healing for someone who is more 
for someone who enjoys, you know, doing art. So I started drawing on my walls and that turned into a whole thing. I ended up seeking therapy after a few months. It was like the half of the year where I was getting all these symptoms and I didn't know it was wrong. And then I finally caved in, was like, okay, well, let me go see a therapist because this isn't getting better. I'm not able to drive anymore because I was having these attacks in the car. So I stopped driving and then cue the pandemic started happening. Um, and our state was in lockdown. Um, but I was able to get in and see a therapist in person during a pandemic, which is just a total blessing um, because it was very hard finding. I, I found my therapist through a family member because literally all the therapists were like either booked or they were only doing um, virtual appointments at the time. And I, at, I, I wanted somebody to see me in person because I, I just, I felt like I could describe what was going on better. Um, if that makes sense. So I started therapy. I'm um, within the first five minutes he diagnosed. He was like, Oh yeah, this is definitely, you've got anxiety, panic and agoraphobia because I had, I just didn't want to leave. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to get my car. I was terrified of what had happened was going to happen again. Every time I got in the car. Um, and I just like, I kept telling him, I was like, I, it can't be, it can't be my kids or my life. Like I truly, like I love being home with them. Um, I'm happy. My relationship with my husband is like thriving. We're healthy. We're growing. Like life is really good. Why would I have anxiety? Like this just didn't make sense to me. And he was like, he explained that everyone has a baseline of anxiety. And over time that just kind of continues to pile up. And what had happened was mine piled up, overflowed, and then burst out of its seams and triggered these panic attacks um, and all the symptoms that I was having. And I was, I was really in the, a constant state of fight or flight. So um, thanks to modern medicine <laughs> and some therapy, I got better really, really fast. I got to say the medications it was a big part of it. And then the other part was learning and therapy. Yeah, I'm happy and I'm doing well. But the problem was I was just on go, go, go mode all the time. And I didn't really notice that. Like, I didn't know that you could get burnt out from doing the same thing every day. I'll never forget the conversation he had with me. Um, I was seeing him once a week and he was like, okay, so what does Sarah time look like? Like, what does Sarah do each day? alone without the kids I'm like well you know I have my morning time I wake up an hour before the kids I have at least a cup of coffee before they wake up and he was like oh no 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 like I mean do you go out do you leave the house do you see friends are you is somebody else in care of your children while you are out in a way and in this conversation I had realized that I had never not put the kids to bed and given them a bath like, this has been my job. <laughs> Being home with them has been my job for, you know, six years now. And it's just the routine and, and just, I don't know how to describe it, but as a perfectionist, I'm, I easily take over and I just, you know, 
I prefer things done a certain way. So I would just do it. Like I don't mind bath time and I've always done it. And that's just the way our routine has been. But he was like, Oh no, no, you need to have a day where you're not putting your kids to, to bed and not doing bath time. Like, even though my husband is there with me doing it with me, he's like, no, you need to leave that and go away and get out of the house. Um, And it was, you know, it was difficult during a pandemic because, you know, I can't go out literally anywhere. But luckily at the time that this had all happened, it was still summertime. And um, we got a really good system down where I, in the morning I would wake up because my husband is working from home. I could wake up before he got up for work and I could go for a walk with my neighbor. Um, I was doing that each day. I was getting out for at least an hour where the children were completely out of my care. And I cannot tell you how much of a difference that made. And I didn't even know that I needed that because I just got used to the rhythm and the routine and I didn't mind it. But it was actually adding up. It was accumulating. And I I didn't realize how important it is to take breaks. Neither of us had realized because I genuinely enjoy doing those things that does not bother me. But it, it is, it's, it's mental energy that you're using. Um, you're constant, I, I was constantly giving and I didn't, I didn't realize it. I think that that is exactly what so many moms feel. And I am just so thankful for you for being so open about your story because I, I know that when I stayed at home, I felt that and I only had one kid. And I know that it doesn't matter how, you know, it doesn't matter how many kids you have or how long you've been at home. There's just, I think that there's a guilt associated with, for a lot of us, that if we are at home, then this is our job. I don't know. It's almost, it's like this job that there's no weekend from. And so, but at the same time, it, it is, you do love it. It's very fulfilling. So you didn't think twice about it, but we all need a weekend, right? Or we all need a break. We all need that time by ourselves. And it's just so hard to get to a place, you know, if you are staying at home or even if you're not, I, even now I still like now that I I work full time, I feel even more guilty if I need a, a break, you know, because it's like, Oh, well I do. I technically am not with her as much as I used to be. So how do I still need a break? It's just this weird thing that I think we all experience. So the trigger for all of this anxiety, what do you think really fully triggered that for you? And does it still happen? I know you said that you got better and that um, medicine has really helped and therapy helped, but do you ever kind of feel anxious anymore? And when you do, do you have kind of like some coping mechanisms for that? Yeah, yeah. So I guess the trigger was for me, we think it's burnout. The more we talked about it, um, my personality is very extreme. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure you've seen, I'm, I, every year I'm like a completely different person. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm very extreme and he's like, you need to like, whoa, Nellie, calm down. <laughs> and just, you just need to slow down. You're just go, go, go. And I do that with everything with a new hobby or a new interest. And it's just like, this is my life now. And this is what And that's what had happened when I became a mom. I was like, well, this is my life now. And I just went gung ho and didn't, I didn't realize that it was accumulating um, over time. Yeah. The the great news about the medication is he worked with me and I, you know, I have not had a panic attack since last summer. So I was able to wean off of like my emergency medication. I'm not on that anymore. 
Um, and I'm also off of my anticipatory anxiety medication. Um, that was to help with the agoraphobia. I was unable to leave my house. I would get incredibly sick um, to the point where I was like almost throwing up because I just felt like I was going to pass out while driving with the kids in the car. Like I just had these really weird fears of what was going to happen again the next time I got in the car. So I had to take that just to get out of the house. And he worked with me with exposure therapy for driving um, where, you know, the first day, all I do is I go and I sit in my car. He's like, don't even turn your car on, just sit in it. And he's like, you can listen to some worship music. You can listen to a podcast or you just need to make that space a peaceful place again. So we did that like for, for one week. He was like, okay, just go and sit in your car for one week every day. And then the next week we did, okay, you're going to get in the car and you're going to turn it on for one week. And then we did turn it on, drive to the next stop sign, like on the end of your street. And we literally did that for the entire year until I was able to get back to like my parents' house or the grocery store. Like we just worked our way through it. Um, and I was able to come off of my panic medication when the panic attack stopped happening in the car, um, which is wonderful. And he was like, I have never seen anybody just uh, heal this quickly. And I had told him, I just, I need this to stop. I need to go back to my life. I wasn't, I it just, it was not, not fun. It sucked. So yeah, I did learn a couple coping skills. I learned uh, one thing that sticks with me when I start to feel symptoms again is your symptoms, they're not going to hurt you. You feel like they're going to hurt you, but they're not. And it always passes. So I just like always think through that. And I also think that like, hey, your body is trying to help you. Okay, you're feeling this way. Why are you feeling this way? And then you kind of figure, like I had learned that going to the gym caused panic attacks. I had learned um, that some of my normal routines were causing panic attacks. Um, so I had to stop everything I was doing completely uh, to get better. It did, it, it took time. It sounds like to me that the kind of healing that you went through uh, and switching up your routines, it just changed so fast, so much so fast for you. And part of that sounds like you're de- it was a lot of your determination and wanting to change, wanting things to change. But also just the idea that if it was burnout, the fact that you changed things and built new routines. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I had to create a completely different life. (laughs) Yeah, it's just really encouraging to hear that you just did it because I think that a lot of us can get tripped up in holding tight to kind of what we believe our lives should look like is what they currently look like and not wanting to let go of certain things or not feeling like we should. How did finding time for something that you're passionate about and carving time out for yourself, even if it isn't about your art, but also just taking those walks. Did you did you experience any kind of guilt for making those changes or how did you find that time? Because I know your husband has a busy work schedule too. So what did that yeah. process look like? So the goal was every day he wanted me out of the house for at least an hour. And I was like, dude, that's not going to happen during a pandemic. Like, <laughs> like that's just not possible. Um, I did pretty good for a while and I did feel guilty at first. Um, but once I started feeling the benefits from it, I was like, hold on a second. And like, everyone was okay when I returned home, like everyone survived it, even though mom wasn't around. 
it was like, oh, wow, okay, this feels really good. And it got to the point where like, I was looking forward to that time away. At first, it started as a walk in the morning. Um, but then my friend returned back to work and we were unable to do that in the mornings. So then I started walking in the morning by myself. And then the sun started to stay down a lot longer in the morning. And I don't feel safe walking out in the dark in the morning. So I had to switch it up. Um, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, um, because she's kind of been through something similar, she came over twice a week um, and relieved me from the kids. I know that's not the case for everyone. Um, I know everyone's family situation is different. She has come over. Um, she started coming over twice a week to help me out, and I would just get out. Even when I wasn't driving, it was just get out and go. Uh, we have a patch of forest in our neighborhood, and my therapist, he even told me that, like, being out in nature raises serotonin. So he's like, it's best if you spend alone time in nature. Like, he's like, if you're unable to drive, he's like, the best thing you can do is go walk in the woods. So, and I was posting a lot of that on my Instagram for a while. Like every time I would go, I would take a picture and be like, I'm out. I did it. I made it out. Um, and that was just, oh, that was incredible. That, it does wonders being out in nature. I just wish we lived in like a nicer area where there's more places to hike and stuff. But, and then I had a couple of friends who know, knew what I was going through and I would go and see them just going to their house, like for an hour, I wouldn't even stay for a whole time because there was a point where I would get panicky after socializing for too long because of everything that was going on in the world. I started to develop anxiety around being too social. I know a lot of people actually have felt that way too. I can, I, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. I need to go back home. So I would literally just go and see a friend for an hour. I would just go to their house and then I would come right back home. But yeah. That's how I made time. Seeking help was probably the biggest thing I, I had to. I had no choice. I needed people to show up. I needed somebody, you know, to watch the kids. And I needed friends to be there when I needed to get out. Community. <laughs> yeah, that is just so huge. When it comes to, like, needing to be able to carve out time for yourself, whether it is because it has to happen and you have to do it to feel better, or you just, you might not be at that point yet, but you know that, I mean, we all know what it feels like to get to a point of maybe not total burnout, but just like when you're just feeling like, okay, I'm going to yell at someone soon. Or I'm just gonna, oh, yeah. like, everyone's <laughs> irritating me. I feel like that can be not necessarily always avoided. It could be avoided more often than not if we have that built into our lives where we have time for ourselves and we believe that we are allowed to be our own person, right? And we're allowed yeah. to be on our own. And I think that that is, it's definitely a learning curve because you have these tiny humans that are totally reliant on you and you just want to give everything to them. But we have to give to and care for ourselves too. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I want to take a break to thank today's sponsors that help make with intention happen. I want to thank Green Chef. Some weeks I truly just feel like I do not have the capacity to grocery shop or plan my meals at all. This is when I feel so grateful for Green Chef. 
Green Chef makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier, there's a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. Green Chef is also the first USDA-certified organic meal kit company. You can enjoy clean ingredients that you trust. One thing that I love about Green Chef is that the ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped, which makes the meals so easy and quick to prepare. Personally, one of my favorite Green Chef recipes that I've ever made was a Bavarian pork recipe that I just made this past week. My family could not stop eating it, including my toddler, which is another thing I love about Green Chef. My daughter is always as happy with the meals as the rest of us. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, and you can try it today with a huge discount. Go to greenchef.com 90intention and use code 90intention to get $90 off, including free shipping. Again, that is greenchef.com slash 90intention, and you can use code 90intention to get $90 off, including free shipping. I also want to thank Pros. My hair is pretty heavy, it lacks volume, and I've just never found products that truly work for me. When I discovered Pros, I was skeptical because, like I said, nothing has really worked on my hair, but I was willing to try because I love the personalization factor, and I really think we need products that are suited for our unique needs when it comes to our hair. This is what Pros does. After the first time using Pros, I immediately felt a difference. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type, and they have given over 1 million hair consultations with their in-depth hair quiz. The quiz asks questions to help understand your hair type and issues you may be experiencing, but it also goes deeper into looking at your lifestyle. I was surprised it even takes into consideration the environment and air quality within the boundaries of your actual zip code. I was sent a unique blend from Pros that fits my hair needs. Based on my quiz answers, I used the pre-shampoo hair mask and the shampoo and conditioner that have been specially formulated for me. I love that the conditioner is brass reducing for my colored hair. My hair has never been softer, shinier, and lighter than it has using Pros. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash with intention. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash with intention for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. All right, let's get back to today's episode. What is your advice to someone who is feeling that, is feeling like they're maybe losing themselves in motherhood or they are giving, giving, giving and not able to um, ever have a break from that or maybe they're just drowning in anxiety for some reason. Do you have any kind of last encouragement or advice to someone who might be really relating to your story? So if you feel like you're drowning, you definitely need to seek help. (laughs) I'm an introvert, like to the core, the deepest introvert you can think of. Um, and I was just so desperate to get better that I did. I reached out and it was uncomfortable, but boy, I am so glad that I did. Um, I couldn't have done it without the people in my life. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the phrase you can't pour from an empty cup is so true. And as moms, I feel like we don't realize how much energy we're out, like we're out pouring all the time. Like even if you're having a lazy day and the kids are watching movies and you're just having a movie marathon, you're still thinking about the next diaper change, 
the next feeding, what's for dinner. There's just this internal dialogue that's constantly running. And as long as they're in the same building as you and in your care, you are using energy. And there is, there can be a little bit of anxiety around that. Like when you're caring for other people, other humans that are yours, that is definitely accumulating without you even knowing it. So in quiet time in the morning, uh, this might be an unpopular opinion, but it's not enough. I would say that there needs to be scheduled time away from family. You know, if there is a way that you can just get out and drive somewhere, go drive and park in a, you know, in a park, the more nature, the better. It's so good for the soul. Um, I know not everyone is like this, but I'm more on the perfectionist side of the spectrum as well. I like the way I bathe the kids. I like the way I put the dishes away. So I tend to just take over on those tasks. So I guess some advice for maybe the perfectionist mom out there is to just let go. Let your partner help a little bit. They can handle it. Uh, It won't be the end of the world. And one of, I think one of the biggest things that we did that I had like a huge breakthrough was on Saturday and Sunday mornings, like you had said, like, you know, stay at home moms or or any, any mom, we don't really get the weekend off, but we decided might not work for everybody, but on the weekends he gets up with the kids and he does breakfast with them so that I can just, I don't need to sleep in super late, but I just need one morning where I'm not woken up and immediately going into mom mode. That was so healing, <laughs> so healing. I didn't realize how much I needed that. But when he took over those, those breakfasts in the morning, the breakfast time, I didn't realize how much just doing that every single day for six years, getting up with the kids, making them breakfast, like over and over and over again, it gets to you whether you know it is or it's not. One other advice I have, I had to do a lot of social media breaks when it comes to just like feeling anxious and still giving, I guess, advice on you know, if, if you notice that you're kind of in a rut, you feel down or anxious, I have to take a step back from social media. Usually I'm on there a little bit more than usual. Um, maybe I'm following some people that just not making me feel good, not serving me. I have done a lot of muting and a lot of unfollowing in the last year. Um, and that was actually last year was the year I deleted my clutter-free mom of three account was when I was in therapy, actually after a conversation I had had, I just had had enough, enough of the haters. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to stop it. I had to just shut it down. And I don't know, social media is tricky. So I notice when I start to slip a little bit, or if I'm feeling a little more anxious that I have been on social media a little bit more. Um, that is a huge factor for me too. So just another advice I would definitely purge through your social media once in a while. (laughs) I can relate to that for sure because social media is, we don't realize that even if we're not literally talking to people on there, like even if you're not messaging people or commenting on things, even if you're just scrolling through, it's still seeing other people. There is a social aspect to it. If you are an introvert, that uh, can feel exhausting, but also there's just a comparison game that happens in our heads. I think no matter how much we try not to, and it, I, I think I saw a quote one time that's just the most simple thing that just says social media is not good for your mental health. And I think I saw it on a shirt or something <laughs> on Instagram, of course. Um, and I just thought, oh yeah, that's a great simple way to put it. It's just not. And I mean, there are obvious great things happening there. Uh, But 
you know, too much of anything is not good and too much social media is definitely not good. So I, I love that advice and I love the advice for just community and seeking help and asking for help and letting go of things a little bit. I have felt so much better in my motherhood as I've just let go of the picture of what I think I have to be as a mom or what Mm. I think it needs to look like. And I just think that that that's such wise advice for sure. Thank you. I have one more thought about, you know, if you feel like you've lost a little sense of who you were before kids or who you thought you would be. (laughs) During one of my meltdowns, I was having a conversation with my dad. I had just somebody had sent me a photo of me from my junior year yearbook. And it was a picture of me in my sculpture class. And I was like, I don't know, 14. How old are you junior year? I guess. Uh, 16, 16, 16. Yeah, 16. And I had started pottery in middle school. So this was like a few years into like my ceramic journey. And I just like burst out into tears because I just, I just had a moment of, I never got to pursue like my passion. I never got to journey into my art career, whatever it would have been, because we just, you know, we had kids right away and I didn't finish school. And I just uh, I just went through this like big spiral of thoughts. And he was like, you know, this, he's, he loved the picture. And he was like, you know, the stuff you did as a kid is the stuff you should be doing as an adult. And I left that conversation and I talked to my husband also in tears again, still like freaking out about like, who am I? Like, I never got to discover the adult Sarah that I thought I was going to be. And, and after this conversation, my husband was like, well, how much would it really cost for you to like get back into pottery? Like, what does that actually look like? And we started looking at wheels and we looked at the cost of clay and he was like, like, do you need to go back to school for this? And I was like, no, like, I remember everything I learned in college. Like, I know what I'm doing. And he was totally like on board. He's like, this is doable. Like, why have you not done this any sooner? He's like, we can make the room. We can make the time. If this is really going to help you, let's do it. And then that's when we jumped the ship on starting building the studio in um, my garage. (laughs) And it was just like, I feel like most of us, or maybe it's just me, but like when we have dreams or we think of, you know, future plans, I know for me, like I have a lot of negative internal dialogue that goes on. Like I just like shut myself down all the time, which I'm getting better at. But I feel like when we are thinking about our dreams, we immediately start to shut, shut them down. It's like we create excuses because it feels too big or too good to be true or you know, that's, that's not really possible right now, or I'll get to that one day. Um, but my, my advice is to just jump ship and do it. Like, if you feel like you've lost yourself, like who was the person, who was the person you lost and what was it about you that is gone? Is it just a hobby or a lifestyle? Chances are, whatever it was, you could probably bring it back at least part of it or some of it. And whatever it was you were doing, just pick up where you left off you know, whether it's reading or writing, drawing, painting, um, what, what it was, what was it that you were doing as a kid that like is still inside? I feel like everybody's got that childish fire inside of us that it needs, we need to use it more. So that's what I got to say about, you know, feeling lost. Um, you know, if you feel like you've lost yourself, 
really think about what what is it that you feel like you lost like if it was just a hobby like for me it was art that's that's my real real passion why did I stop I didn't need to stop because of kids I mean I could you know temporary hold yes but I don't need to like put it off until they're grown up and moved out of the house like this is totally something I can do right now and it is healing it is good for the soul yeah Oh, so good. I Life is too short to just not be doing the things that we love. And I know it's easier said than done. At the same time, we put those barriers up in your in our heads, just like you said. I mean, why, why not? Why can't we invest in these things? And it doesn't have to, you know, you are, this is your true passion. Like you invested in getting a wheel into your home. If someone's passion is pottery and it's or if someone like wants to have a hobby of pottery instead of like a passion, you know, there are other steps that we can take. It doesn't have to be huge investments or, you know, you can take baby steps if that's the kind of person you are. I know Sarah, you and I, I feel like are similar and more of like a jump, jump right in type of person, (laughs) but still it's not that there aren't barriers in my head when I think of like, what do I really want? And I just love your advice to kind of just, go for it. Yeah. What what do you have to lose with that? With actually just like letting yourself be who you are and love the things you love and move towards those things. Who were you before you were mom? You can still, you can still be that person. (laughs) It doesn't have to be put on hold. I accidentally not knowing put that on hold. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that we believe that story that we're supposed to in a lot of ways. It's just about, you know, even if you already did even if you put something on hold um, and felt like okay yeah maybe one day down the road my kids are teenagers I can do that again just yeah I think that Sarah your story challenges us to think twice about that that we can maybe uh, we don't have to wait so long I'm not even pursuing like a business yet and I don't even know if I want to in the future like I'm literally just creating stuff and like all my friends hey does anybody want this great here you go like I'm not trying to set myself up for something bigger than what it needs to be I'm I'm doing a little bit like it's not really a business and I don't I'm not I don't consider myself a business person at all it's just a hobby and something that I need to be doing every day and if I'm going to be making this stuff, why not, you know, give it to people? So it doesn't need to be this huge endeavor where you're just all of a sudden are signing up for a hustle because that's not yeah. what I'm, that's not what I'm about. Yeah. It's just to get back into it again, get my hands creating again. Yeah. And I think you like made such a good point there too, because I think that's the two stories that there are out there is either you are holding it off to the future or you are, it like has to be a business, whatever your hobby or passion yeah, yeah, is. Exactly. And thanks to again, social media, I think for, for that. But obviously, you know, we are meant to live and work and play. And so yeah, maybe your fa- passion falls into work, but maybe it falls into play. Maybe it's a little bit of both. And I think it's probably easier to start it out as play for sure. Yeah, I'm taking it real slow. I'm not committing to anything. <laughs> uh, other than sending me a mug eventually. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to buy one. <laughs> you guys are priority number one right now. <laughs> well, good. I'm just so grateful for you for sharing your story and 
before we go, I have two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, since this is the With Intention podcast, what is one way that you choose intentionality or live intentionally within your everyday life? Well, because we're talking about anxiety, I am super triggered by mess. Uh, and Every day my house gets reset. That is something I do every single day. Um, I used to do like multiple resets, like one after lunch, one after dinner, one after, you know, nap time. And it was just like, I felt like I was cleaning my house all the time. So one thing that I discovered was letting the kids destroy the house. And at the end of the day, there's just one big reset. Everything goes back to its place. That way I can just let them be kids during the day. And I know that at the end of the day, it gets put away. And tomorrow I can wake up to a clean house. Because if I wake up to that, I'm just setting myself up for like not a good day. So I'm very intentional about resetting our house when it's bedtime. Like that happens every day. Yeah. And I think that that is such a good habit. I also used to reset several times a day. And I that didn't last long for me because I don't like cleaning either. So it just felt like I was just doing something I hated for most of the day. Yeah. But... <laughs> I feel like kids make like they can destroy the house at a faster rate as they get older. So it makes it even harder. It's like, you have to just let those expectations go. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I can only imagine because all of yours are, I mean, how, how old is your youngest? My youngest will be three. Yeah. Like, very soon. So they're all, at the point where they can make a mess really fast. Oh my gosh! It's, yeah, it's pretty bad. Like we're pretty mi we're pretty minimal, and I am shocked at what they can do in a day. Like it just it surprises me. It's, well, it's, it doesn't surprise me anymore, but it was annoying when I was doing multiple resets. I'm like, okay, this is something we're just gonna do one. You guys can do whatever you want to the house, but at the end of the day, mommy gets her house back. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. It's so impressive the amount of mess that they can make for sure. <laughs> Even if you don't have a lot of stuff, it does not matter. All of it's coming out. <laughs> okay, so my last question is, what is something that you're loving right now? I am loving my white walls right now. <laughs> I briefly talked about this on my Instagram, but I ended up painting over all of my, I, I call them my panic attack pandemic murals. <laughs> mm -hmm. I painted over most of them. I kept my favorites, but I painted over them because I just felt like, you know, I've come this far, I feel good. And the murals were just kind of giving off this weird, like, energy. I just felt like every time I saw them, I was reminded of just last year. And last year sucked on so many levels. Not even just what went on with me, but there was so many other things that happened last year. Just, ugh. So <laughs> I just wanted it all gone. I was like, get it out of my house. <laughs> so I painted everything white and it's just so peaceful and so clean and minimal. And I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm loving the white walls. I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I feel like it's such an artist thing to do to just be like, all right, blank slate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like the mantra of it's okay to change your mind, which I yes. always love you to were remind the first myself. Person, yeah, you were the first person to say that. I don't remember what podcast it was, but when you said it, it's just, I think that phrase all the time and I am all for changing your mind. I do it all the time. 
I do too. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you so much again. This has been so fun. I'm so glad we got to talk. I know that this will be so encouraging for everyone who listens to it. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And truly, if it spoke to you in some way, if there was something in this episode that you related to, if you could see yourself in Sarah's story in some place or another, I really encourage you to seek help. I encourage you to talk to someone or if it's not the anxiety that you're experiencing, but more so the burnout or feeling like you've lost yourself in motherhood in some way, I encourage you to reach out to a partner or a spouse or a friend that you can talk to about this and that you can just share your feelings with and start to come up with a plan to find your way back to yourself. Even if your kids are young, whether it's your full job to take care of them as a stay-at-home mom or if you are out of the house working and you feel like either of those situations, you never catch a break, I want to encourage you that that doesn't have to be the way it is if we can just find a way to seek help in some way. And I know everyone's situation is different. I know that the amount of help that we have and the situations that we're in is different for all of us. But if there's any way that you can just reach out to someone for someone to talk to or just find a next step that makes sense for you, maybe it's just taking more of a break from social media like Sarah suggested. Just one small step towards moving yourself away from that point of burnout. That is the challenge that I wanna share with you today, and I hope that you'll take it. Remember that pouring into yourself is only going to make you better for the people that you are in care of and the people that you do love, like your kids and your family in general. It's going to make you better for them when you pour into yourself. That is all I have for today's episode. If it spoke to you in some way, please share it with a friend, share it on Instagram or wherever you like to share things. And if you are loving the podcast, if you could leave it a rating or review, it takes less than just a few minutes to just leave a short review. And that just helps the podcast be seen by more eyes. It helps invite more people into this community. And I am so grateful for that. Thank you again for listening in. And I will talk to you right back here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.